DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Chris Solari, scheduled to join us in a few minutes, covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press. PK, we have talked about this before. College football doesn't have a commissioner. There is no one to run it. And usually the commissioners try to get together and stay on the same page. But uh, it was pretty clear in yesterday's show that that wasn't happening. And uh, by this morning, it's really clear. They are just it's even clearer for you? All over the map. Uh, well, either they're going to play or they're not going to play. I mean, I, I mean, if that's all over the map. Well, if some play and some don't play, that would be all over the map. Will that? Uh, how will that play out? Chris Solari joins us now. He covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Chris, good morning. Good morning. It's been a crazy 48 hours. It? <laughs> it has. So, uh, how many curveballs have you seen? How many times have you thought you knew what was going on, but what was going on changed so dramatically that that didn't matter anymore? Well, and that's the big question. I mean, you know, you're hearing from different sides that, that things are changing. I mean, you know, it's, it seems pretty clear right now that there's, there's an ongoing battle between the academia side versus the athletic side and maybe with a little bit of influence from politics. Um, and when you start throwing that third element into the mix, uh, the political side, uh, especially during an election year, um, you know, that things get things can be disrupted in a hurry. That becomes that becomes the proverbial stick in the spokes. Um, and, and I think that, you know, in the sources that I've still talked to, um, you know, as of last night, the president's still plan today to, to cancel Big Ten fall sports now could that change yes of course that can change because as we've as we've seen and we should know in the last five months so many things can be fluid um a decision can be made and changed and I, I, i go back to the mask situation you know there was a point in march where we were told no mask masks are are not going to help you well then the science came out a little later and said actually maybe it does prevent transmission so you know, you have to understand that, that, that things will and can change in a hurry um, based on, on an ever-evolving nature of the disease, but also in the ever-evolving nature of these conversations where, uh, and again, when you throw political sides into it, things will change in a hurry. So we saw big-name coaches and big-name programs across the conference come out and basically say they want to play. And Jim Harbaugh had all sorts of numbers that he was putting out there statistically regarding positive tests, and they were overwhelmingly in favor of playing. How much influence do you think that is going to have? Well, the question is, should it? Um, you know, should should a football coach be the one making this decision? Ultimately, no, that's, that shouldn't be involved. Everybody wants the athletics to play. Our end, the coaches, the players, we all want this. I mean, this is our livelihood, right? Um, but this is a moment where you have to kind of defer to the medical experts. And, and you know, you can look at things in a bubble like Harbaugh is at, and, and say, this is the Michigan model. We need to kind of look at this. We're doing great with, with all these things. But there's still a community at large. 
you know, you want to think that that universities can operate on their own island. And in some ways, I, I think most of those universities think they can operate on an island. But when you've got, I mean, we saw this here in, in East Lansing uh, over the course of the summer when a, when a bar, uh, after the governor opened up bars, uh, there was no social distancing. And then there were, it ended up being, I think, over 200 cases out of that one bar that spread across the state from people coming and going. Um, this is a real factor. I mean, that, that should be a real factor because, you know, these athletes are going to be in places um, that, you know, you, you're not, you can't sequester them. This isn't the pros. That you, can't, you can hope that they make good decisions, but they're 18 to 23-year-old kids. They're not going to make good decisions. We know that. We've been 18 to 23-year-old kids making bad decisions. We've seen them when we were growing up. Um, you have to keep that in mind. So and I talked to an infectious disease expert, Johns Hopkins, the other day, and that was something that he pointed out. It, the risk isn't so much competing. It's not so much a transmission in competing. It's are you bringing things in from the outside, from the community? Are you are you taking something from either being in a bar or a club or a, some sort of social environment and then bringing it back inside that team bubble? That's where the real risk is. So <clears throat> I was uh, listening to uh, Ian Fitzsimmons talk about the Big Ten. He works for ESPN Radio. He used to uh, be here in Salt Lake. And he said that talking to somebody in the Big Ten, he, he was building on what you were saying, and he said that they're listening to lawyers, and the commissioner is, you know, he's, he's got a legal background himself. He's a lawyer. And they're listening to the lawyers and the risk, and they're being told that if there is an outbreak, not only will your school get sued, but the whole conference will get sued. Whoever the opposing team happens to be will get sued. He was saying that it would go at the coaches personally. And so Harbaugh's right that his team hasn't had positives. But if you're worried, if you're in the conference and you're worried about the whole conference, you know, your guys will do all the right thing. But what about team X, Y, and Z over there, two states away, where their numbers might be way worse locally? Is there that level? Have you heard that level of fear? Because that is, um, you're worrying about everything at that point, which maybe is the thing to do, but you are worrying about everything. It's not just how well your team's following the rules. Right. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about football, right? There are other sports. There are, I mean, this isn't just a, a situation where you can cancel football. There are Title IX issues that come into play. So if you try to play football and shut down everything else, you're risking a Title IX lawsuit. Um, you know, you, you got to have women's sports. Does, does, does it come into play where, where you need an equitable number of women playing at the same time as the men? I mean, these are things that, you know, the last five months, it sure hasn't seemed like there's been much leadership or guidance from the NCAA level and, and really from the conference levels. And this is across the board. This isn't just uh, on the Big Ten. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that they, they still need to try and think through from a legal standpoint. Um, and then, you know, you, the travel situation is one thing. I mean, Michigan State has – they moved the Michigan game to uh, Ann Arbor which is a, the shortest road trip in the Big Ten. It's about 60 miles. But Michigan State has to go to Nebraska, Iowa, Maryland, and Penn State. Think about the travel there. Think about wh- what directions you're going and how many states you have to cover to get there, how many states you have to – how you get there. I mean, are you, you going to take charter flights? Are you going to disinfect? Is, is a charter flight enough for a team? Do you scale back 
how many players you take and their traveling party. What about the hotels in, in these places? Do you know what the, sanity, the sanitation situation is there? And then the other thing that in, in talking to uh, the doctor who, the, the, from Don Hopkins, who's on the NCAA panel, um, what about the testing factor? That's a big thing, too. I mean, are you getting delayed test results, which Michigan State's dealt with that. I think a number of schools have dealt that. You've seen it in the, the Major League Baseball. Um, when you start testing guys multiple times a week, and again, you're, you're talking about testing football players at minimum twice and you know potentially more, right? Well, then you got to throw in the other fall sports if you're continuing to play. And that's, that's a lot of tests to try and get back in a hurry to make sure those, those – competitions are safe and that there isn't going to be a transmission risk. If there's a delay on that, what do you do then? I mean, there's there's a lot of logistical issues that, you know, that go just simply beyond, are they going to catch it on the field? When you say politics is getting involved, are you speaking specifically along party lines as in an election year as far as who they want to be president, or is it deeper than that? I think it's deeper than that, but running concurrent. I mean, I think that's a big thing. I mean, you saw, you know, I, you know, you look at, at President Trump's tweet yesterday about wanting college football, and then in the Big Ten you had uh, Anthony Gonzalez, the former Ohio State player, mm-hmm. is, is a representative in Ohio. You had uh, Ben Sassy in Nebraska writing a letter that was going to be sent to the Big Ten. So, yeah, I mean, is it one of the party lines? Probably to a certain extent, but I think there's also you know, there's a faction of people that want their their constituents to know that we're fighting for college football. I think the coaches are among them, and I think the, the politicians are among them. I think, you know, there's no secret that, that there's a number of athletes who have entered the political realm that have very strong opinions on this as well. So, so I think it's more than just it, – it's not just simply – uh, are you red, are you blue, and how do you back this? I think there's a lot of factors that go into it with people who become, you know, moved on from the sporting world, and we want to make their voice heard. Joined right now by Chris Solari, covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press. So the Big Ten has gotten awfully big, 14 schools. Are there, I assume, there are some that are really driving the bus on this? Everyone doesn't have an equal voice, do they? And if so, who are the key players? That's the hard thing to kind of figure out here. I mean, you know, last time the Big Ten had to make a, a significant decision uh, at the presidential level, um, that was all the way back when they added Rutgers in Maryland, I think in 2014 or something like that. Um, and then generally, when you get to the, the Big Ten and, and sports issues, presidents will defer to their athletic directors. This is a different situation. Um, so Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, all three of those schools have new presidents from the last time there was a significant decision made. I, I, I know I think there's a, a number of other schools that have, have had changes in leadership too. So it's kind of hard to see who is leading the boat. But I, I do think that you know when, when it comes down to it, you know who are going to be the biggest forces in the Big Ten: Ohio State, Michigan. Um, you know where does Nebraska rank in terms of? of clout because they're kind of still the new kid on the block in a lot of ways, but but they have the football prowess that that goes along with it. So, you know, Minnesota and Northwestern, I mean, these are all institutions that that generally historically have been the guiding voices of the Big Ten. Um, You know, but it's hard to say right now because there has been such a vacuum of leadership and changes so so much at the top. 
Would the Big Ten try to spin off and say, hey, we'll just put it off and we'll try to play in the spring? Definitely can see that. Um, and I've been told that from sources, um, you know, that, that that's the option. To me, you know, that that is, from our sources, what we've heard and continue to hear as of even last night is that the president's plan to cancel today and, and try to play again in the spring. Now, what's the realistic possibility of that? I mean, you know, Scott Frost talked about that yesterday, That it's, and, and Irvin Meyer talked about that about a month ago, that, you know, from a physical standpoint, that's that's putting players in harm's way if you try and play a spring season and come back with a fall season. You know, uh, to me, I think you, if you do that, you have to kind of get creative. There's no way you can run a full 13-game schedule and play bowl games and, and conference championships and all of that uh, in the spring uh, from a physical health and and safety standpoint beyond the virus um, and then try and come back in August, you know, maybe four four months later and, and begin fall camp and hitting again. I mean, these players need rest and recovery time. I mean, that's, you know, they might have off-season workouts all year round, but but they're also not taking the, the, the hit count is what Urban Meyer called it. And I think that he said, I think his, his uh, logic was a 2,000 hit count for a season. Now you're going to try to double that. You, I don't think that's doing anything to the safety and health and well-being of the athletes so but the the question remains you know will they try and just push the decision back uh a little bit to give themselves some wiggle room i think that's still in play as well do you think that the conference is uh i mean the whole expansion thing is relatively new are they tightly bound enough together that they can get a unanimous decision or no matter what they decide are there some teams that are going to go the same way? Whether what we saw kind of evolving Monday where, hey, four schools decide we're playing anyway, we'll just basically play as independents. Or could it go the other way where they vote to go ahead and play and four schools are like, nope, not happening. And even though they vote to play, only 10 teams do. Yeah, I mean, it's unprecedented. We really haven't seen that. I do think the one thing to keep in mind is you know, in looking back at the history of the Big Ten, how many schools have left the Big Ten even in this gigantic era of expansion? None. The last school to leave the Big Ten is the only school to leave the Big Ten, the University of Chicago. Teams want in. Schools want into the Big Ten from the academic standpoint. That's, again, where the presidents come into play. So the, the reverberations from Nebraska um, and Scott Frost and their university president almost in a lot of ways threatening the Big Ten um, – you know, to me, as I see that, I mean, you know, where does where, Nebraska make up the money and revenues that they've picked up, the, the, the added checks that they get from the Big Ten Network, which are millions and millions of dollars? Um, you know, there's not a comparable right now. You know, the SEC Network is the only other comparable. And so if you go to the SEC, maybe that's a case. But, um, you know, there's a lot of money at stake. Um, there's academic prestige of being in the Big Ten. That's a significant thing for for the academians, um, you know, and the research, that's another big component of it. So, you know, it, people love to talk about football conferences, but it, particularly with the Big Ten, there's a lot beyond just simply athletics that, that binds these two schools together. The new members, it'll be interesting to see because this is the first time they've been tested with this. Hey, how was Mel Tucker received uh, at Michigan State? They got to uh, give him all that money and – one record, one season as a coach at Colorado, as a head coach, anyway. What a crazy time, huh? I mean, <laughs> you, know, you talk about 
I mean, first of all, I mean, it, it seems a hundred lifetimes ago, by the way, um, even though it was in the middle of basketball season when Mark D'Antonio suddenly retired on February 4th and eight days later they hire Mel Tucker. I mean, you know, it's rare to see a, a Power 5 coach jump from one job to the next, uh, one school to the other uh, at that time of year, and then all of a sudden you're four days away from your spring practice and you get it canceled. But I, I think he built a buzz with the fan base, particularly early, because you know, he's a little different kind of guy than Mark D'Antonio. He's a little more outgoing. He's, I, I, I said this before. I think there's a little more Tom Izzo to him than there is Mark D'Antonio, but yet we haven't seen the football side. There's an intensity to him that I think D'Antonio has on the football field and that Izzo has on a basketball court. Um, we're starting to see glimpses of that um, in clips from practice, and, and we saw that at Colorado as well. Um, but I think that, you know, the hiatus that, that he's been put on really slowed down that initial buzz um, you know, his recruiting has been okay. I mean, you know, it's a tough, tough job to to come to, uh, first of all, because you're battling now Notre Dame and Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State regionally uh, for these top kids. And uh, every every recruit, I believe, that Mel Tucker's had uh, has landed so far has been a three-star kid, and they just lost a kid to Pitt last night. So, um, you know, the, the, the buzz is there, at least from the fan base side, from a recruit side, it's still working its way, but they also have to see something. They haven't even seen a practice. You know, I mean, Michigan State got to practice on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and those are the first three practices under Mel Tucker. That's hard. That's hard for anybody, let alone a new coach. Well, Chris, we appreciate the time and all the info. Uh, good luck uh, following this going forward. Yeah, it's going to be another busy, crazy day, guys. So uh, <laughs> I guess buckle up. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. All right. Take care. Chris Solari covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press.